right, here we go. Welcome to Sportsbook Radio from the Brian Blessing Studios in Las Vegas. Powered by Station Casinos and the mighty STN app. I added added mighty over the weekend. That was my addition to the show. That's that's epically that, good. Yeah, I thought that might sound good. Man, that place was crazy. I was in Red Rock on, uh, was it Friday night, Saturday night? Went to go see Batman. Okay. It, it, was, it was nuts. I mean, seriously, there's, uh, you know, outside of... Some talk, a little bit of talk about COVID. I mean, there is nobody had a mask on or nothing. I mean, it was, but it was packed. And the sports book was was hopping. And I mean, that. I, I mean, there's no doubt that Vegas is right back to where it was before. Did you get a chance to get out of the house? Uh, no, I did not get a chance to get <laughs> out of the house. Who are you? I, I was I was over at the office, um, but but I have I have noticed that about town. I mean, just just you know doing running errands, going to the store, whatever. Yeah. It's, it's it's we're back to normal. It, it feels like to me. I'm Dana Lane along with Stevie Slapshot, and uh, you know the the NCAA tournament numbers that came out. We'll talk with Chuck Chuck Esposito about this a little bit later. But you know, Michigan minus two and a half against twenty five and five CSU. You know, CSU obviously not a great cover team. They haven't been good down the stretch. Providence opening up minus two against San Diego State was a surprise. Loyola, a small uh, favorite against Ohio State, this, despite being the lower seed or the higher seed rather, and Texas minus one against Virginia Tech. Those are the ones that really jumped out at me, and we'll get uh, through that a little bit later. Show rundown, as we said, or as I said, Chuck Esposito from Red Rock will be on. We'll talk about the NCAA tournament, baseball futures, Fernando Tatis uh, out three months. Uh, that's going to uh, we'll see the the effect of that on the futures as well. Zig Fercasi from Sirius XM, NFL, and NHL Radio will be on. We'll talk about the Atlantic Division and the Golden Knights. And later on, Jeff Savota, the team writer from the Blue Jackets. And we're going to see we'll see what Jeff saw last night. I, I know what I saw. It's uh, boy, it's uh, it's it, I think it's going to be a tough journey. First of all, let's uh, go ahead and kick off Monday with journalist and creator of LasVegasSportsBiz.com. And a guy that would prefer to get around town on four, on two wheels rather than four, uh, preferably around the Red, Lock, Red Rock Loop, I'm, I'm guessing. Uh, we want to welcome to the show Alan Snell. And uh, Alan, sometimes I think there's multiple versions of you because you seem to be at every sporting event around town. I mean, how do you how do you do that and cover everything? Hey Dana, first of all, congratulations. I was uh, I was just twirling on the uh, car radio dial and i thought i heard the famous dana lane voice and lo and behold it was so hear that steve congratulations i'm so happy for you guys and also (laughs) continuing the the legacy of uh brian blessing is so important it's good for you good for las vegas and good for you guys yeah i mean that's uh, we you know when this all went down um you know, we, we kind of sat there and said, okay, we have to do something. And, and you know, Stevie was on, you know, bo- both Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline for, for years. I was on for the first year of it. And, and you know, I mean, Brian was so much more to me than, you know, it, you could ever – anything that would happen in this studio for sure. So, you know, the only thing that I thought we could do is is continue this and – you know, kind of move this thing forward, and you know, and we were lucky enough to get stations on board and 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 the STN app, and here we are. So we we appreciate you saying that. But uh, again, Alan, I mean, you're. I know we've been at UNLV games together. I've seen you at Golden Knights games. I mean, this has been kind of a passion project. Your website, uh, which you have built, 
And, and you know, I, I know we we talked uh, you know years ago, maybe even before this uh, this website was even started. But you know, you're a former writer for the RJ, and then after that, you, I, I'm assuming you just were trying to find your niche in the in the market. Um, and, and you certainly have. I mean, I love all your stuff that you do, and, and, and every, everything is easy to read, but you come at it at a different angle, and it's more about the business side, isn't it? Yeah, thanks so much for acknowledging LV Sports Biz. In fact, in June, we marked five years, and we're approaching one million viewers and readers. Probably we'll hit that milestone in May at this point, and... I feel it's important to, if you get a report on the marketing and the business of the sports industry of Las Vegas, I think it's important to be there in person, see the product, see the fans, see how much tickets are going for. And really, the the, the new site hooked on to a topic that really so much of us uh, started with, and that was the birth of the Vegas Golden Knights. I started the new site in June of 2017. I came back to Las Vegas literally a week or two before the expansion draft. So the uh, the birth of the Golden Knights kind of parallels uh, the the birth of LVSportsBiz.com. The Golden Knights obviously was the launch to me. You know, they're obviously a sports team to you guys, but to me, it's a fast, it was a fascinating business that launched in. Uh, June of 2017 in terms of the players being picked. And then they had that miracle unicorn season in year one. I was telling everyone, you know, I've been around the block a few times. This does not happen every season. So just enjoy the ride. And really the second major sports business story happened a couple of years later with the, uh, the construction and the opening of the Raider stadium that has been, um, just an unbelievable economic driver. Uh, tourism is, you know, the, the Raiders games are almost as much tourism events as they are like a home football game. And that's really essential because the hotel room tax, which could not be collected because the, uh, the pandemic shut down the strip for two months in 2020, that revenue is helping the public pay off its a $750 million contribution to help build that stadium. So, <laughs> yes, I try to yeah. get around. Um, I definitely visited most of the uh, basketball tournaments that were in town last week. And, you know, I've got to tell you guys, seeing the fans, the mascots, the bands, just the interaction, the interactiveness of the events, it just – that was, I think, what a lot of people missed when – you don't have these um, when, when you had the game shut down. Uh, you went up to Dollar Loan Center uh, to check out the Big West tournament up there, one, the first right. event to be in that building. I mean, what did you okay. think of the building? I, I know attendance may not be a, what they expected, but it, you know, it is what it is as far as the conference is concerned. Uh, but I'm assuming, like, if you're Green Valley Ranch or your Sunset Station, I mean, you're more than happy to have that arena in Henderson. Uh, and that's a that's a big get for the city. And, and I assume that that's something that's, that's going to grow as time goes on. Yeah, so that's a $84 million arena project. Like you said, the uh, Big West basketball tournament was the first ticketed event last week. Uh, the city of Henderson contributed $42 million. Bill Foley... Paid 50, under the 50-50 deal, paid his 42 million, and 
it is a, an arena that is on the site of the whole of the old Henderson Pavilion. It's uh, an arena that kind of what you expect uh, that Bill Foley and his Golden Knights team would build. Um, it uh, has some nice amenities. Um, it's very practical. So it's, as you guys know, it's going to host a indoor football um, team right. game on Friday. The Henderson Silver Knights move into the building April 2nd after their stay in Orleans. And it's a very, it's a very nice building. I mean, it uh, has some nice amenities, suites. It has that um, high lounge kind of extension that juts out over the uh, oh, interesting. over the ice yeah. that is kind of reminiscent of what you see at T-Mobile Arena. And Henderson um, probably needed a, a modern arena, too. People forget the city of Henderson has 340,000 people. That's exactly right. The second largest city in the state. So, you know, a 6,000-seat arena, um, I think, will serve them well. And the the Big West had a really interesting arrangement uh, for under college basketball standards. You had a private promoter, Brooks Downing, actually work with the Big West Conference and Bill Foley's people and the city of Henderson to put on this uh, event. Like you said, I mean, obviously the attendance was definitely kind of low the first uh, few days for sure. I was there um, Saturday night for the Fullerton um, Long Beach State game, and i got to tell you, that game was more interesting and exciting and compelling than any of the mid uh, than the Mountain West stuff that I saw, which was very low-scoring games. And team seemed kind of offensively challenged, but you weren't excited um, by the uh, San Diego State Fresno State game. <laughs> <laughs> Barely crawled over a hundred. Yeah, that was uh, all. The games seemed to be in the fifties and sixties, and for UNLV, I think they scored what six points in the first twelve minutes of the of their first you know of their game against Wyoming. They just couldn't get over the hump. Um, but it was a big week, you know. Like I said. Um, the the fans coming in for the for the tournaments, I think really was to me. Uh, I think it's an emotional shot for people to see the interaction again, to see the fans, the people screaming at the games, and it's something you know I saw covering the the Raiders at the new stadium as well. Uh, because if it's just teams and players playing at facilities with no fans, it is basically a glorified pickup game with beautiful uniforms and elite athletes and beautiful buildings. So, you know, I think having the fans, having the the vibe and the mojo in the buildings were, I think, a very important thing for the collective psyche of this market. What do all these tournaments, Alan, mean to the economy of Las Vegas? All, all these conference tournaments are being uh, held in Las Vegas now. Um, so there, there, there's revenue for the uh, for the hotels. There's revenue for Uber drivers. There's revenue for restaurants. I mean, that, that that's got to be a lot of dollar bills coming into the valley. Oh, it definitely helps. Uh, the the LVCVA do um, um, conduct surveys to find out how much people are spending, um, and you know, it's anywhere between depending on how many days they're there. You know, they're going to be spending fifteen hundred, two thousand. $3,000, uh, like you said, on room, uh, food, 
uh, and other items, transportation. And again, I get back to, you know, because I'm covering, coming from the, the business and also the public-private partnership side of things, the tourism is so essential because the hotel room tax that is being collected is helping pay off the public debt on the Raider Stadium. So tourism and sports are just so intertwined in our economy. As much as we are trying to diversify the economy of Nevada and Southern Nevada and Metro Vegas, you know, the bottom line is we are still a one-trick pony. It is about tourism. It's about visitorship. And um, it's, it's a huge, huge part of our economy. And like I said, the, to me, the hotel room tax uh, revenues that are being collected um, are just so essential to pay off the, the public debt on that stadium. Yeah, that pony is more like a thoroughbred, but yeah, it's it's a pretty good <laughs> pony to be riding on. We're talking to Alan Snell from LV Sports Biz. That's B-I-Z dot com. And, and Alan, talk to me about if the Knights do not make the playoffs, what kind of financial impact will that have uh, on Bill Foley's bottom line? I mean, that is something that you, you can't think that he thought was even possible uh, when this season started. And now we're looking at the Knights clinging to a spot, but with the Dallas Stars having four games in hand. Yeah, it'll definitely be a big hit. Um, the Golden Knights uh, do very well. Uh, per capita spending by fans in the building is among the highest in the National Hockey League. So they'll definitely lose money from... Um, expenditures in the building and the uh, the ticket deal in the postseason is different in the National Hockey League during a regular season based on let's say an average ticket cost of anywhere from a hundred to 125 dollars per ticket you know multiply that by um, 17,000 I'll let you do so that. they're collecting between one and two million dollars <laughs> per game in the postseason, the NHL does take a bite of the uh, ticket receipt, so it won't be that high. But, it, you know, I could see them losing a million dollars per game uh, for every game that's not that's, played that's for huge. not being uh, in the playoffs. Yeah, that that's a big loss. I mean, that Yeah, it's, uh, a, big, it's a big chunk. Keep in mind that, you know, um, <laughs> the Golden Knights are definitely struggling uh, severely right now, but uh, you know, they, they do have their, you know, Bill Foley's people do have their people uh, working on the uh, the opening of their new arena in Henderson. Um, the football team also is a Bill Foley property. Bill Foley also just bought a really impressive inn and vineyards property in Oregon outside Portland. He bought a few months ago, I think back in November, really impressive historic hotel property in oceanfront santa barbara so he has a lot of um plates in the air well let me rephrase that then alan let me rephrase that for a second (laughs) okay not a big loss for 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 bill that's like me dropping 20 bucks on the on the ground how (laughs) how about we say this a big loss for the restaurants and and the businesses around t-mobile that benefit 
that would benefit from extra hockey games and even with a playoff uh with with the playoffs you would expect you know more visitors that come from uh outside of las vegas and maybe they do during the regular season i mean it's a loss for them for sure i'm 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 guessing oh yeah absolutely uh like you said you know um in season one if you recall there was quite a few opposition fans coming in from all the opponents of course the golden Knight game so um, I would expect something very similar for the playoff teams that would come to watch uh, the Golden Knights against whoever they play, you know, if they get in the playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, it would be uh, it would be a pretty good hit in terms of visitorship and tourism uh, for sure. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think uh, Bill wasn't too happy with all the Washington Capitol fans who are flowing into the uh, building for Game Five. Uh, during the Stanley Cup final in, in that in that first season, and I think they tried to be more conscious of, you know, the 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 background of the fans. But I think all bets are off at this point. Yeah, <laughs> they're just <laughs> Alan. They're I'm watching anyone in the building now. You name the road opponent, and I see Vegas Golden Knights jerseys everywhere. So th- that's the way it is. I mean, we were watching Columbus last night, and you know, I mean, there's Vegas Golden Knights jerseys everywhere. So I mean, it, it is what it is. I understand you want to create a home ice advantage, and a lot of that has to do. Correct me if I'm wrong. If you don't like not having a home ice advantage, or you know, I mean, outside of that first year, they really have never had to worry about that. But as a fan, hey, how about stop selling your tickets? Well, you know, teams can control that. You're probably aware that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning got a lot of publicity when they tried yeah. to not sell tickets to people outside of, um, I think, the state of Florida or outside certain zip codes. So um, you can try to do that. Keep in mind that there's a pretty healthy secondary ticket market out there. So, you know, you can kind of control that to, just to so much. But, you know, the bottom line is, you know, Las Vegas, we, we are a tourism-based economy, so sports is not immune from that. We're going to see a lot of fans. In fact, you know, a lot of the professional teams in our market are easily romanced by the, the 40 million-plus visitors who come to the Las Vegas market, and they're counting on some of those people, you know, buying seats and buying merchandise and, and filling the restaurants and what have you, so... Uh, you know, speaking of restaurants, you know, Bill Foley even owns the, the sports bar in the Henderson um, Dow Loan Center building. And he, uh, as you know, he owns the pizzeria over at City National That's Arena right. as well. Yeah. So, you know, he has his. Uh, he's doing okay. He has his. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he's uh, not. In, in a lot of cookie jars. Yeah, I mean, he is getting the large extra value meal. He's not thinking about, <laughs> yeah, let's go with medium today. I'm a little light. Hey, Alan, I moved here in the end of 89, and at that time the perception by the uh, major sports leagues was much different about Vegas than it is today. I, I, at that sure. time, I never thought we would see an NHL and an NFL team here. How close are we to adding uh, Major League Baseball and NBA? It, it feels like it's coming. It's just a matter of time. Well, uh, Major League Soccer has open formal talks with a couple billionaires who already own an English league team. And one of them is the, I think the part owner owner of the Milwaukee bucks. And I see that as very, um, very feasible. Uh, that's a, that's a season of what, uh, 
about 20 home games, 17, 18 regular season, an exhibition game, some friendlies, what have you. So I could, you know, again, the expansion is really uh, hitched to the buildings. That's what has driven our sports market, T-Mobile Arena, which was built by um, MGM Resorts and, and Schultz Entertainment Group. That drove the Golden Knights um, and the Raiders Stadium. I mean, that's why the Raiders are here. So if those two owners can build a privately financed soccer stadium of twenty-five to 30000 there'll probably have to be a, a, a retractable dome facility uh, since they play through the summer. Um, I can see Major League Soccer, NBA, to me, uh, there's been a report that the folks who own the Boston Red Sox, the Fenway Group, John Henry and his gang, they're looking to um, add an NBA team uh, to their portfolio. So I would say Major League Soccer first. I would say NBA really is a turnkey uh, transition since the building is here. It can easily accommodate. It's already ready. So that's, that's, that's good to go. Um, I happen to kind of part company with uh, the Oakland A's coming here. Um, I've kind of lived in a, a lot of different major league markets, and to me what they're doing is your basic leverage play based on my own experience. Um, their, their idea of building a baseball park um, at Tropicana and Las Vegas Boulevard, to me, seems, That's not it. I mean, yeah, I mean, it just seemed laughable, and, you know, they got really no pushback. I mean, I just um, – and, and quite frankly – their proposal for the waterfront in the city of Oakland looks like a looks like a fantastic plan. And if they can just negotiate and work out the politics on that deal, that seems to be the ideal location for that franchise. Also, Major League Baseball with 81 home dates in this market, I think, is kind of tough. I mean, I think, you know, when the Yankees and Red Sox and Cubs and Dodgers – and the big name teams come to town; they sell out twenty-five, thirty thousand people. But you know, when you're when your Brewers or Tampa Bay Rays or what have you come in, you know, middle of the week on an eighty-one game schedule, I think that would be kind of a tough sell for a market. You know, keep in mind there's been explosive growth in the in the uh, sports industry in our market, and people we are the uh, favorite child nationally in terms of sports right now. But um, keep in mind, we're still a market of 2.3 million people where I think we're not even the top 30 in terms of TV market size. That's obviously neutralized by 40 million plus visitors. So, you know, that's, you know, that, that does help. But um, I'm looking at MLS, NBA, uh, MLB in that order. We, uh, Ben, uh... <laughs> You know, I mean, the Raiders used us as leverage at one point as well. I mean, that that worked out okay. But, you know, my only thing was, Alan, and this is my last question for you. We talked, or they talked a lot about that property where the Rio is, and that, to me, would have been, you know, lights out fantastic. But I also go up Las Vegas Boulevard South, and I see all this land, and I'm thinking, wow, There's stadium space and, oh, by the way, parking as well, more than enough parking. 
I would think that that would be a perfect spot, but you know, of course, it's got to be you know, it's, it's got to be within the uh, casino corridor apparently. But to me, though, those spots would be absolutely perfect. And I hear what you're saying about the Yankees and the Red Sox coming to town, and of course, you would be sold out in those games. But at the same time, you know, I mean, nobody gave us a chance when they thought, you know, the Ottawa Senators were coming to town and now we're packing 19,000 in the T-Mobile. I mean, I think this is a big boy market now. Yeah, I thought the Golden Knights was kind of a unique situation where you had this really pristine arena ready to go. It was the first major league team in the market. And keep in mind, what really impresses me about the Golden Knights is the way they sold the brand. And, you know, you have your hardcore fans, but also what really impressed me were – the high numbers of people who did not know hockey who were season ticket holders. And you know, it was a place to be for several years there now. Um, the stadium, the, the Raider Stadium, again, the team is here because the state of Nevada approved a $750 million subsidy to help build that stadium. The one thing that the Oakland Athletics have working against them is that both the governor and the county commission chairwoman, Marilyn Kirkpatrick, have both said there's no money for a baseball park. So, you know, usually these deals are based on some kind of public contribution. Uh, I don't see that happening, and I think that is, like I said, um, I think uh, sports growth really is leveraged by the facilities and the venues. And you build the venues, the sports will follow. Um, to me, you know, the <clears throat> T-Mobile Arena and – the uh, Raider Stadium are two, you know, tremendous facilities. And don't even and don't forget, you have really one of, one of the nicest AAA baseball parks in Summerlin. I mean, that is who also fill you know, their stadium every night. Yeah, they do. Keep in mind that the LVCVA gave them eighty million dollars in the form of a naming rights deal. I mean, that's why it's called Las Vegas Ballpark. It's they got you know Howard Hughes Corporation received. $80 million in a, which, you know, obviously is a, <laughs> that's a record for a, for a AAA ballpark naming rights deal. Um, but, you know, the bottom line is, you know, that that facility also got a, a public contribution to help that happen. You know, I just don't see the Oakland A's coming here unless there is some kind of public money on the table for them in some fashion. Uh, you know, unless they want to build a billion-dollar retractable roof ballpark, you know, like you said, somewhere along that um, strip corridor, like you said, the, the southern end seems kind of open. That's actually been kind of the rumored location for the Major League Soccer Stadium uh, because one of the uh, prospective owners has the uh, Bright Line uh, train connection there where you can literally have people coming in from Southern California on rail, and they can go to the soccer games right there. That could be a potential uh, attraction for, you know, building a private uh, soccer stadium there. But, you know, I just think without public money, uh, that to me has already – I just I haven't really written much about the Oakland A's uh, moving to Las Vegas because until there's political uh, backing – I just don't see it happening. If it does happen, I'll I'll report, you know, a lot on that, like I did the Raider Stadium. But um, public money is usually a, a sweetener in these deals. 
Yeah. Well, Alan, I appreciate your time. I, I could talk to you for an hour about this stuff because I think it's it's so exciting. I mean, I can't imagine. I, I know there's other great cities, but if you're a sports fan moving forward and from a guy that, you know, back in 92 when I got here, I thought, man, how how long are the leagues going to be able to turn their, the you know, blind eye to a city that is, is the fastest growing city in the country? And it was at the time and obviously not very long, but Alan, we appreciate you, and, and you can we, you can find him on lvsportsbiz.com. Thank you very much, Alan. Hey, guys. It's a pleasure. Continued good luck. R.I.P. Brian. And also R.I.P. Frank Harness. You know, those Absolutely. voices are kind of associated with the birth of the Golden Knights. And I don't know about you guys, but I kind of grew up on uh, radio. And radio, to me, uh, planted the seed of my interest in the sports industry and um, yes. both of those. You know, both Brian and Frank were kind of synonymous with the birth on radio since you talk, you know, they, were, they had such great leadership. So, um, RIP for those guys and, and continue good luck, fellas. Yeah. Thanks, Alan. I appreciate it. All right. Alan Snow, LV Sports Biz. There he goes. Dot com. There he goes. And we'll be back after the break. We'll talk to uh, Chuck Esposito from Stations Casino and the STN app. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Complete details available at all sportsbooks. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. Hey everybody, it's Brian Shapiro and I'm hosting my new show, Pushing the Limits, right here on KSHP starting Monday, February 21st, noon to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. Listen, it's a show like no other in the Valley. We're covering it all here, local and national sports, of course, the Raiders, the Knights, Aces, UNLV, and more. I'll bring you some of the biggest names on the planet when it comes to entertainment. I'll also cover big local news stories that affect you and even sprinkle a little politics into the equation. Find another show that does all that, and I'm not afraid to cover anything that matters, but here's the best part. I've always done this throughout my career, and I'm going to continue to do it. Push New Limits will be the most interactive show in town. I'll always give our listeners an opportunity to sound off. So please join me starting February 21st, noon to 2 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here on KSHP. Find out how I push the limits every day. Experience the thrill of the grill. John Smith Subs is home of the famous Steak Bomb and other premium deli subs with grilled-to-order marinated sirloin steak, grilled chicken, farm-fresh veggies, and delicious bread baked daily. Our subs are making a name for themselves with quality and flavor. Add an order of piping hot french fries and you have a meal you can't get anyplace else. Experience the thrill of the grill at John Smith Subs. Visit johnsmithsubs.com to find a location near you. 
Hey, Golden Knights fans, I'm attorney Adam Kuttner. I'm proud to be an official partner of the Vegas Golden Knights. We're giving you the chance to play at home along with the Golden Knights to win home game tickets through our power play giveaway. Each time the Golden Knights are on a power play, we'll pick one of my Twitter followers who tags me on Twitter with the hashtag Adam Kuttner power play. And when the Golden Knights score, that lucky fan wins tickets to the fortress. So make sure to follow me on Twitter. Go Knights, go! Calling all Vegas Golden Knights super fans for the Terribles game day giveaway. During all of Vegas Golden Knights home games, visit any participating Terribles location, make a qualifying purchase, get a scratch card, enter on the Terribles app, and you could win a $1,000 Golden Knights shopping spree. Best yet, one lucky customer will win this prize every day the Vegas Golden Knights have a home game. Terribles game day giveaway. It's only at Terribles. Visit Terribles.com for more details. Oasis Bar and Grill at 4955 South Decatur near the corner of Trop has been totally renovated. It features incredible food with a kitchen that's open 24-7. Gaming promotions every month. There are cashback drawings for loyal players. The banquet room is spacious and a great venue for any type of function. Sports fans won't miss any of the action with HDTVs throughout the property. Oasis is a great place to meet and make new friends. The staff is fun and engaging. Get in on the fun with great food, great drink, and gaming promotions at Oasis Bar and Grill, 4955 South Decatur. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and up to a $100 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to stationcasinosports.com or sign up at any station casino or wildfire complete details available at all sports books nice stevie <laughs> barracuda by heart yeah. now we're stepping up all right i've seen heart twice yeah i saw heart open uh, back in new york i saw him as the headliner, I, I saw him, I think, maybe I saw him three times. I saw him open up for Def Leppard, too. Really good. Can't keep them, can't keep the sisters together. They're always fighting, but. God, this is so good. What a great riff. You know, when I hear this stuff, I think, man, maybe I should do a, maybe I should do a music show one day, too. I love this stuff. Look at you expanding. I know, already. <laughs> expanding after one week. All right, but welcome back to Sportsbook Radio, powered by Station Casinos and the STN app. We want to bring in a man that likely won't be able to exhale very much until Sunday night as the NCAA tournament starts Wednesday. We would like to welcome to the show Sportsbook Director and friend of the show, Chuck Esposito. And Chuck, I mean, it must have been crazy yesterday when the selection show happened and then you put the numbers up finally. And, you know, was it, was it a mad rush to the, to the betting window? It was, Dan. I think, you know, uh, as soon as the selection show was on, we're paying close attention to it and, um, you know, have our power ratings and started working right away. And I think locally, one of the first to the market, if not the first uh, um, place up, and especially on the app. I guess we're, um, you know, playing some of the games on the app and, you know, looking for, you know, what they perceived as a number too high or too low. Um, it's fun for us. I mean, getting up, uh, you know, to win it all, the regions, uh, working on the women's tournament and a bunch of props as well. It's a fun time for us. And, you know, kind of as we talked about, 
uh, right in the middle of everything. You know, you've got uh, a certain uh, guy that decides to come back in pro football. <laughs> yeah, so I've heard about that. It was, um, it, it really was good for us, though. But I mean, there was there was some movement yesterday. I mean, t- uh, players looked at uh, Boise plus three, Georgia State plus twenty-five, uh, Colgate, San Diego State. Those were kind of the four games that kind of stood out um, that uh, some of the guests kind of pounced on early in the process. Now, let me just uh, before I get into all that stuff, uh, I was in Red at Red Rock uh, Casino the other night on. Saturday, I went to a movie there, and man, do you just feel the buzz again? I mean, there is a buzz, especially in that casino. It's a terrific atmosphere. Everybody's having fun. You know, the mask thing, nobody even thinks about it anymore. I mean, do you guys feel that in the book as well? I mean, are we 100% now? I think we're really close, guys. I mean, I can definitely feel kind of the buzz and the hype we did during um, football season and then, of course, going into Super Bowl. And I think this year, you know, it's it's the more traditional format. Last year, I think that, you know, the 50% occupancy and, you know, uh, the mask mandate and then having, uh, you know, the format being a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday – took a little bit away from, I think, the overall hype and atmosphere. This year, getting back to that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, more you know seat requests than I can ever remember. A lot of the same guests who hadn't been back for a couple of years, you know, coming back. And outside of, you know, Super Bowl, you talk about that Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, those are four straight, you know, equivalents of what we go through on a pro football Sunday. So it's, it's great for us. I mean, I'm excited about it. I love, you know, being here early and staying late. And, you know, you love the David against Goliath and the Cinderella stories where late in the day, you know, you've got a, a Cinderella story playing with one of the Blue Bloods. And, you know, just the, the crowd and the room just shifts um, that just make it an unbelievable atmosphere, regardless if you're a, a small better or a large better. Hey, you, you, you mentioned uh, Tom Brady without saying his name. What, what, I, and I don't, understand, <laughs> I don't understand, Chuck, why he, he picked that time. There, there's got to be a reason because he, he could have announced this yesterday morning. He could have announced it this morning. He could have announced it tomorrow. Uh, there's a strategic reason why the Brady camp picked uh, right after the, uh, the bracket was announced uh, to announce that he's coming back. I, I don't know what it is. But, and he doesn't care about this, and probably no one does, but, but it, it caused a lot. You're now scrambling. You're, you're trying to get the tournament numbers up, and, and now you've got to adjust NFL futures, right? You've, you've got to adjust futures in that division, in the NFC, maybe even a few Super Bowl odds numbers. I don't know if you, uh, what you might have done with the uh, MVP uh, numbers, but, but all, those, all those things immediately have to be adjusted, right, Chuck? They, they do, and, and we did that. I mean, we, um, you know, we actually took the futures down for about two or three minutes just because we were in the middle of everything else, and you just want to verify that it's, you know, legit. I mean, nowadays you, you hear so many different stories on, on potential trades and signings and things going on that maybe aren't exactly true, but once we realized it was, we did make the adjustments, put it right back up on the board. Um, they were, I think, 22 or 25 to 1 prior to the trade, uh, 9 to 1, the third choice in the NFC after the Packers and Rams, after, or I shouldn't say after the trade, after he came back, but uh, there was guests that ran to the there was probably a dozen guests that uh, were here ready to bet, um, you know, when they first heard the news that he was coming back. And, you know, I guess now we expect uh, Aaron Rodgers to retire and then the night of the national championship game announced that he's coming back just to kind of stay pace with Brady, I would think. But, of course, I'm kidding. Um, but just amazing that, uh, you know, uh, he's back. But I think when you look at the NFC, 
and there is so many question marks, guys, uh, with quarterbacks and, and teams that have you know that that kind of question mark in that position. And that was the and that was the Bucks, you know, with only Kyle Trask um, under contract. You know, what direction were they were going to go? But he's back. His center's back. Godwin's franchise. I think they still will make a move at running back, but they're still a really good team, and I think he's got a much better chance to win in the NFC uh, than he would in the AFC, of course. We're talking to Chuck Esposito, Sportsbook Director for Station Casinos and the STN app. And, Chuck, did you – you know, being behind the counter, I mean, sometimes maybe you hear things that – hear things first. I mean, did you get any kind of inkling that this was going to happen, or was it a surprise to you along with everybody else at the same time? It, it was a surprise to us. Um, you know, I'm hearing industry-wide that there was some, you know, play on um, on the future book with the Bucks. Um, we did not see it. Um, you know, I, I think you looked at that division and you still thought that, hey, the Panthers had a quarterback question mark. Um, you know, the uh, the Saints had a quarterback question mark. Um, the Falcons are rebuilding. Um, that they still were the best team in the division with a question mark. So we weren't too crazy as far as the the odds went, but. No, I, I was really surprised. I kind of believed, you know, the hype. Sorry to see him go when he first announced that he was retiring, but kind of believed when, you know, I want to spend time with my family. I want to be a father. You know, uh, I've accomplished so much. Um, and, I, I, you know, I thought at the time that, you know, we, we heard conflicting reports if he was going to retire or not, that he might change. But after a few weeks kind of went by, um, kind of surprised. But I think going back to, to Stevie's point about why, you know, with free agency starting today, and we've already seen a number of moves, and you heard that the Bucks were in on, you know, potentially making a move for Deshaun Watson, heard that they did their homework on Baker Mayfield, that they were looking at other options as well. I think he had to make that decision now just to let them know because the fact that, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league and they needed a signal caller there. So I think, you know, the timing wasn't great with Selection Sunday, but I kind of understand why he did it based on free agency opening today. And we've already seen, you know, a, a dozen moves. Mitchell Trubisky going to the Steelers, hearing now that, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo to the Colts might happen. Cousins signed yesterday an extension with the Vikings. So I think from the quarterback spot, he had to make this decision pretty quickly. Um, so the Bucks had some clarity uh, heading into free agency today. Yeah, and it's not like, you know, college basketball and the NFL is on really in the same universe. I mean, one doesn't really affect the other too much. But you just got reaction because I, I like to think about these things. I, I mean, I, I know years ago when he makes when he said when he would make this final decision, it would be because him and, and Giselle and, and, of course, what was best for his kids, they would all make this decision. And I felt like after listening to him that, you know, she was a big part in what he was going to do. And, and of course, they probably, you know, talked about this and, and agreed upon that he would retire. But what do you imagine that conversation was like when, you know, he, he's sheepishly going into the kitchen and, you know, he's saying, hey, Giselle, you got a second? You know, I, I've been here a month. Kids are driving me nuts. I mean, what do you think about maybe one more year? I mean, what do you suspect would be the reason why it was one? And keep in mind, too, again, not the not that there was anything, you know, any motive behind this, but that, that Man in the Arena series that ESPN has put out, they did not play the last, uh, the last uh, portion of that series. Uh, for whatever reason, that was going to be pro- postponed. So maybe even back, you know, a couple weeks, 
they didn't he wasn't sure uh, what he really wanted to do i mean what why wouldn't he i mean was it for the bucks and just said hey look i'll, I'll retire just so you can move forward potentially and then if i don't want to if it doesn't feel right uh, then i'll come back i mean there there had to be what do you what would you imagine the process is as to why he retired and then a month later comes back to be honest i really can't um i think he's accomplished so much and you know we know he's the goat and he was still playing at an extremely high level and there was you know chatter during the regular season that hey i could play you know well into my 40s not just a few years so I was kind of surprised that he did it, but he had hinted that he might. And when he did it, I thought he really would kind of uh, stick to his guns. I, re- I really don't know. I mean, you know, I'm sure that they discussed it as length, at length as a family and figured that, you know, he still has that fire burning. And we, we know that he, again, played at a high level. We know that there's a lot of question marks in the NFC. Cowboys had major cap issues. Um, San Francisco's really good. But, you know, if they deal Garoppolo, you have a very young quarterback in Trey Lance. It's always tough to repeat with the Rams. The Packers, although they signed Rodgers, I mean, they are, you know, Darius Smith and a host of other guys, MVS, and a number of guys in the trenches they're going to lose. They still don't know what to do with Adams. He's not playing on the on the franchise tag. So it's it's a winnable conference and a very winnable division to put him in a situation that he could get another ring. So, you know, hey, we know he could still play. So, I mean, from a fan's perspective, love the fact that he's coming back and that we get to see him play again. I think it it makes it a lot more interesting in the NFC than it was, say, 24 hours ago. Hey, Chuck, back to the tourney. We we always want to take a look at who's playing well coming into the tourney, right? And I, there's two teams for me that, that kind of stand out, Arizona um, and, and Tennessee. And, and, in fact, Tennessee playing so well right now in my mind, I thought that they should be a number one seed over Baylor, who I, I don't think Cryer is going to play again. I could be wrong about that, but we know the big, whose name I can't pronounce, is definitely done for the year. So so Baylor has, has lost some momentum there. Uh, so Tennessee and Arizona, I'm going to take a look at uh, and see if the numbers work out uh, to, to make a play on them to win the tourney. Uh, any uh, team or two that's standing out to you playing real well going into this tourney, Chuck? Well, you, you named the one, C.B. and Dana. It's, a, it's definitely a Tennessee for me. I thought they really would be a number two. Um, it seemed like the committee before yesterday's games with you know where they positioned Iowa and where they positioned um, uh, Tennessee had already made up their decisions before they won those games with Iowa being a five and Tennessee being a three. I think Tennessee should have been a two and Iowa should have been a three. Personal opinion, um, but I think Tennessee, you look at the big wins they've had at home and how they kind of finished, um, they are peaking at the right time. It's a really good coach team that Rick Barnes has there. I was surprised they were a three. Uh, I would have made Tennessee a two, no question in my mind. Hey, Chuck, let me ask you, uh, at first, uh, when you put these numbers up, what was the first team that, that jumped out that people were saying, that's a wrong number and we're going to go the other way? You know, I mentioned the four games that, that we kind of talked about. We even saw money against, you know, Gonzaga, guys, um, you know, when we first put that game up. So, you know, I, I think when they start doing their numbers and I think, you know, the public is so much more educated now where they, they have a clearer understanding, we see a lot lower point spreads than we've ever seen before. You know, you, you roll back, say, a good five to even ten years, and most of the games in the first round you were seeing huge high 
double-digit games. That isn't the case anymore. Um, the big schools have kids that are one and done. A lot of the smaller schools have games where or, or teams that their kids have been there for you know two, three, or four years. But there's not those huge numbers. There's a lot more parity. And, you know, we look at that as well. We look at, you know, strength of schedule, how teams played, um, you know, who's hot and who's not uh, coming in. And we kind of weigh all those factors. But I can't really say that I've heard a bunch of chatter yet of a team that said, oh, that number is just, you know, ridiculously high or ridiculously low. Um, there definitely was action on those, you know, um, four games when we first put it up that we saw considerable play on. Um, but, but nothing yet. I think it, it's that initial push. And then I think in the next couple of days, you'll start seeing some of these numbers start moving a little bit as well. Well, Thursday, we get to see uh, some exhibition baseball, something we didn't know if we were going to see very much of. And I'm, I'm sure uh, that the Twins Red Sox will be just as front and center as any NCAA tournament game that day. <laughs> but uh, let me ask you this. You were good enough to send over the season win totals. And, and today we got news that Fernando Tatis Jr. is going to be out up to three months with a, a wrist injury. And I saw the number was adjusted some. Uh, season win total was adjusted some. We got wind of this back in December uh, that he was kind of banged up in a, in a motorcycle accident. It, 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 I guess you guys didn't think anything of that at the time, but apparently uh, because of that and maybe uh, some preparing for the season, he did uh, injure his wrist. I mean, was that something you guys saw saw coming? Because there has been an adjustment since that news came out. We really didn't. Again, I know we're in the you know in a. Uh information era but no I mean, we, we put when we put it up we didn't see any play on it so the public really wasn't aware yeah. of the severity of it we know that they're getting Clevenger back um, we know that they really tailed off the second half of the season last year and finished below 500 with only 79 wins but um, no we didn't um, but we're again guys everything that we have on the board now and again being in an information era becomes so fluid because there's all that information out there, that we are moving things all the time. There really isn't that, that downtime anymore, that slow time, not paying attention to stuff. And you've got still big names out there, if it's Correa or Freeman, and what's ultimately going to happen in baseball with trades that are being made. Chris Bryant's still out there as well. Football, free agency starting. And then next Monday, a week from today, you've got the NHL trade deadline. So there's a lot of things that are happening that alter everything we talk about, individual games, futures, win totals, in those three sports right now that really keep our head on a swivel pretty much 24-7. How how do you do it though? I mean, you know, you, you mentioned your power numbers. I mean, is this kind of universal power numbers that everybody uses? Because there's not that much difference between you know half maybe a point between you know you know various numbers. But is it your personal station you know stations power numbers that you kind of compare to the lot the numbers that get sent out? I mean, there's not much variation. I just was curious, you know, how you make adjustments and, and how much of your clientele. Uh, is also involved when you make adjustments to your numbers. You know, guys, a lot of it is is us. I mean, we we're extremely lucky that we've got a phenomenal um, crew of uh, of traders back here, and I'm going to give them you know all the credit that they do a great job of staying on top of everything and and working the numbers, and and we work collectively as a group, and I think that's the strength of what we have such a you know talented group both on the front line and, and in the back that we work so well together as a team and you know you're going to put a game up and not to say that we're not opinionated at times but the, the public will let us know if that game is too high or too low and then we make adjustments 
elements um, to that. But I really want to give credit to the entire, you know, trading to, uh, crew and the entire management team that, you know, led by Jason just does such a phenomenal job uh, of working together as one unit and uh, and really putting their heads together and working hard as a team. Hey, speaking of, uh, you know, adjusting numbers on the fly, uh, Colorado, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, now has lost Landeskog for we don't know how long uh, due to knee surgery coming up. And I know when you think of Colorado, you, you, you think of McCarr, McKinnon, but, but Landeskog has the most goals, the most points on that team. He, he's kind of a coach on the ice, too. That, that could be a significant loss for them. It absolutely could. But, you know, again, there's that one kind of loophole in hockey that if a guy is on, you know, long-term IR and, and, you know, this is an avalanche team now with, you know, with 89 points dominating the Western Conference, it is a big loss. But they could probably go out and make a move now right. that they have to make at the deadline. And, you know, you, you know I think – the Knights are going to do that as well with the guys that they have on long-term IR and in the uncertainty of Leonard. So I think next week is going to be so interesting. You know, just a week ago, the Avalanche called the Blackhawks on Patrick Kane. Now, I don't think anything will happen there, but the loss of Landeskog could open a, you know, a number of things up um, you know, for them to go out and get somebody who, who can put the puck in the back of the net. So I think next week, you know, Sunday, Monday – going into that NHL trade deadline is going to be super interesting, guys. And, you know, I'm looking more in our backyard right now of that it's a real possibility that the Knights don't get in, which is shocking. I mean, you look at the Pacific, and of the four divisions, it was by far the weakest division going into the season. And they're in big trouble right now with four straight losses and as beat up as they are. They need to write this ship and write it really quickly. Well, Chuck, we appreciate you coming on as you do every Monday and Friday on Sportsbook Radio. All the best this week, man. I hope you guys absolutely do extremely well and uh, hope a few players get some victories as well. But we appreciate you coming on and uh, everybody get on the STN app, right? Uh, absolutely. Still have up to $500 bonus going on. All the games are on the app. It really brings the sportsbook to you. So we look forward to seeing everybody this week as well, guys. And uh, look forward to catching up on Friday and talking about what happened on Thursday. (laughs) All right, Chuck. Thank you very much. There he goes, Chuck Esposito from Station Casinos, sportsbook director over there. Also, STN app. Get on that. I mean, it is. I'm looking at it right now. It's incredible. We'll be back with Vegas Hockey Hotline in just a few minutes. 